Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Big Blue Brothers, a podcast where a couple of brothers start to talk about the Big Blue. I'm Andrew, joined by my brothers, Stephen and David. Guys, how you doing? Doing great. Doing great. How about yourself? Doing pretty great. I, I am pretty excited, as David was telling us just before we started doing the podcast, that this one edition of the of the Big Blue Brothers is not at six o'clock in the morning, but instead we're doing it in the afternoon. So maybe we'll be a little bit more awake. You going to say more this time, David? Maybe. I'll think about it. Maybe think about it. So we'll see. But we are recording this right after we have just watched the Fairleigh Dickinson game between uh, Kentucky and that team. Uh, so I guess that's what we'll start with, guys. Cats win um, by a pretty big number. Stephen, what were your thoughts on this game we just watched? Uh, pretty good, I think. They definitely kind of got rolling a little bit better, just still not getting the threes to go. But other than that, it was a pretty dominant game all the way around for sure. Nice to see. Yeah, I think we were a 25-point favorite. David ended up winning 83-52, so 31 points there. Um, what did you see from the Cats that you thought was good this time around? I liked everything. It was all awesome. But it looked like a defense clinic because we just ran down the court, scored, and then ran back and played defense for a little bit. For a little bit there in the first half, it was like we had more put-back dunks than we did assists, and that's all that happened. It's just we would shoot and miss, and then someone would slam it in, and that was just a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> I really enjoyed that part of it there. But uh, Juzang got the start this time around. Uh, he didn't do amazing. I think he had finished with four points, but he did have two steals. I liked one, Stephen, towards the end of the game uh, where he had – it started awful for him. He had a, a, a bunny that he missed, uh, but then ran down the other side of the court and got the steal to get us back, uh, get the possession back. Uh, what did you think of what you saw from Juzang today? Well, I thought he played pretty solid. Like you said, he didn't really have anything that jumps off the table at you. Um, I think he only had one basket, really, a couple boards. But it'd be nice to see him hit, knock down a couple threes. But outside of that, I mean, he didn't, he didn't kill you. So it's not a bad thing, not a bad play for him. Yeah, I I was shocked at the beginning of that game. Um, I feel like in the first 10 minutes, they had uh, – Fairleigh Dickinson had like three blocks on us. I think they finished with – it was five or ten – or I mean five or seven blocks, one of the two. Um, wonder if that was just – I mean, I didn't feel like we were being weak. They finished with seven blocks, maybe just some guys good at getting up and blocking shots. Yeah, I mean, it just happens. It's, sometimes it's just a team's length. Sometimes just like the one. I know Higgins got blocked on the layup. Just him kind of trying to finger roll it up there looking cool. So that's all it was, a couple of them. Yeah. David, though, we we uh, are a man short, at least with uh, um, with Sestina being out uh, for a couple of weeks. But um, Montgomery played fantastic today. Finished with 25 points, I think. Um he, that had to be exciting to watch him uh, do so well in the game today. Yeah, I feel like at the beginning of this season, he wasn't any better than last year. But between game one and today, is uh, like it's, it's not even like the same player anymore. Steven, what do you think was the difference for Montgomery today? Just taking advantage, obviously, of a lower-quality team. But there are some other low-quality teams that he hasn't done that with. What, what was the difference for him? I think he just hit his shots today. I mean, he didn't do anything other than other stuff he has uh, – other games he hasn't done. But today he just finally hit his shots. The little 15, 18-foot mid-range game was going for him. And 
Higgins got him in some easy looks early on. So just knocking down shots makes a big difference. Yeah, that's nice to see. And it gets your confidence up, I'd imagine, um, as a player, mm-hmm. whenever you can hit those shots there. Uh, now, I was disappointed with myself as they were going through the – uh, announcements or the the play by play guys during the game on the SEC network. Uh, they I had the perfect opportunity. I could have had this team scouted out perfectly because they played in Salt Lake last year and lost to Gonzaga in the first round of the NCAA tournament. So I let us down there. Needed to go do the the legwork and I just couldn't do it. Quite Can sad. we talk well, for a second know. about their mascot? What is their mascot? A chess. Piece? Their mascot is it's the Knights, right? But it's a chess piece. So, like, points to them for being original, but it's a chess piece. wonder what their actual mascot looks like. Does it have legs? I hope it's just a giant chess piece and just has feet at the bottom. That'd be great. Be pretty nice there. I was. I, I thought Dad would be very excited about uh, Fairleigh Dickinson because somewhere, sometime during the game, since it was a blowout, they were talking about there were like twenty Dunkin' Donuts within a five mile radius or something of their <laughs> campus up there. And we know that Dad loves that. So it, even though we're not in New Jersey or wherever Fairleigh Dickinson is, uh, maybe he'd like to go visit sometime so he can you know check out the Dunkin' Donuts. Any last thoughts on this game? What you guys thought? Anything else that stuck out to you? I liked winning by 31 That's because good. like a lot of times, well, a lot of times we get like, we'll be like winning by 20 or we'll be like so close to a hundred. And then we put in all the people who, uh, you know, don't, don't belong on the court for the first half of the game. And we just don't quite get there, but we did. We, we won by 31. That makes me happy. That's good. Very good. So we've got, we just beat Fairleigh Dickinson. That's great. Have another not great team that's coming up next. Uh, don't play again until next Saturday. So Georgia Tech, Saturday, December 14th at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Uh, Georgia Tech had a rough go today. They played Syracuse and lost by like 34. So uh, I don't know what that means for us in the future. Uh, but they've got some good guys on their team. Uh, Michael DeVoe uh, is one of the top scorers if not the top scorer in the ACC right now at 23 points a game um James Banks the third and then Moses Ryder a couple of forwards for them that uh average nine and eight rebounds respectively um now we always have usually whenever we play games against teams that don't uh that really shouldn't be in the game. What brings them in is that they have one guy that just gets really hot and goes off. So that Michael DeVoe guy, he had uh, a season-high 34 points earlier in the year in their loss to Georgia. So he's capable of that sort of thing. Uh, But he is coming off this game today. He only had seven points of two for ten shooting. Um, Georgia Tech's four four and three in their record. And they've got a junior point guard, uh, Jose Alvarado, that's out, and that's really hurt them. Um, in the last few games, this game against Kentucky will be the fifth game that he has missed and won't be back till the end of December. So their offense, not doing great. They've got that one really good score in DeVoe and then a couple of good guys down low uh, being able to rebound. Uh, but, Stephen, what are you looking for more from uh, the Cats? Was there anything today that they didn't do that you want them to uh, show you next time or something you want them to even build on for this next game against Georgia Tech? Yeah, knocked down some three-pointers at some point this season. <laughs> It'd be pretty nice. And today they're two for 11. You got Juzang's over two. Maxie's over three. 
Montgomery's over one. I mean, this is not good shooting. So they're not taking great shots. I like to see Maxi get back going. He had that one game against Michigan State, and ever since then he's just been kind of. To me, it seems like a ball hog taking a lot of bad shots. So I like to see him kind of get back into form. Yeah, that is true. And even some of the shots he took in the Michigan State game weren't the best, but they went in. So at the time, it was like, okay, <laughs> but if they go think, in, that'll be a lot better. I don't think any of his shots were were good looks in the Michigan State game. They were just they all just seemed to go in. So I'm not mad at it, but he should definitely in the in the very near future start taking better shots. Yeah. You guys think we'll have any problem with Georgia Tech? We all in agreement that should be a, I mean, hopefully not a routine game like Evansville, but a routine <laughs> game more like fairly Dickinson. Yeah, I think if you get blown out by over 30 by any team, that we we should be able to handle them pretty well. Well, that means Duke beat us by 30 last year. That's true. People didn't handle us, so. True. That's true. Well, you know, Stephen, maybe we're just, since it was uh, Syracuse with Bayheim over there, maybe we'll just play zone, you know, against Georgia Tech since no. that works. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I don't think Cal. I'm good not doing that. I will say, though, something interesting. Um, so, Syracuse and Georgia Tech, both in the ACC, they – the ACC does, um, at least this year, I don't know if they have in the past, but um, to where they'll play one or two league games before – league play starts so like normally like Kentucky won't play any of our um you know conference games until we're done with pretty much all of our non-conference games would you guys like to see Kentucky do something like that to where the SEC would have you know maybe we like play Florida at the beginning of December or something like that no I mean I don't mind it the way it is now for us um Play a bunch of different teams. I do like getting to have the one non conference in January with uh, this year we played Texas Tech. But other than that, I yeah. think it's just leave your conference till the end of it. It's fine with me. I mean, it's not a big deal either way, I guess, but I'd rather just keep it the way it is. Yeah. David? I'm kind of along the same lines. I'm pretty much indifferent, which is uh, bad for a podcast, but uh, I, don't, I don't have a preference either way. Whether they do it or not, I don't think it makes a big a big difference on our schedule or how how we develop throughout the year. Yeah. Speaking of scheduling, though, we do have a big game coming up in a year. <laughs> but uh, Kentucky, it was announced this past week, we'll be playing a game in London, England, which has got to be a pretty good idea. So um, I'm just wondering, when are we getting our plane tickets so we can head over across the pond? And I think Stephen, you're going to be financing looked, that, right? It's a thousand dollars per person, so guess who's <laughs> not going to pay? Well, I think we could all collectively afford it, so we all put our money in it, and then I'll go, uh, yeah. and <laughs> I will let you guys know how it was. I yeah, mean, good luck I'm, with that. I'm down for all three of us to go. I think that the the header of Big Blue Brothers should should take the bill. So. No. Andrew, I'll, I'll expect my, my ticket in the mail. That's that's not how that goes. But that's kind of cool, being able to play a game. Uh, and and this, is, this will be one, like we've played games in the Bahamas and stuff before, preseason uh, scrimmages and things like that. But kind of a, a neat uh, stage for Kentucky to be on, to play Michigan. And I, I think it's a one uh, the first of three games we'll play in London and then um, in Ann Arbor and then uh, in, in Lexington, I believe. But So, got to be pretty cool. Also, there's going to be a bunch of people thinking that they're really clever um, making puns on UK being 
in the UK. So I'm not as much. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that at all. (laughs) Not at all. You know, any sports show that you call in or listen to, every every caller, whenever they start talking about that, that's all they'll say. And they'll they'll just think that they're so funny because they have a different way of saying it. You forgot the other one where people people are like, oh, yeah, it's going to be in London, Kentucky. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So the pun's not the best, but it's whatever. But that's your way. Um, pretty exciting there. We will not go, but we'll get to watch it on TV and maybe the announcers will, maybe they'll get, uh, English announcers that'll talk in funny accents and that'll just make it, you know, great. We could get the, um, the, the Great Britain version of Dick Vitale. I wonder, I wonder how that would go. Yeah. But, uh, we do though something that uh we we were talking a lot of basketball but football season has just kind of wrapped up we will have a bowl game coming up soon um but the cats ended the year seven and five in football defeated the uh, dirty birds over there in louisville uh this past saturday 45 to 13 steven what an awesome way to end the season yeah, it's become an annual tradition now. The last two years, <laughs> beat up on little brother and send him home crying. So, I'll be honest Gotta though. Enjoy it. Yeah, I'll be honest though. I was worried. I, I was very confident before the game. I had a friend here in Salt Lake whose name is also Andrew. He's Andrew Jones. But we were doing something on Thanksgiving together, and he was like, "Man, I just don't know about this Louisville game. You know, I, I just, you know, maybe they'll come and beat us or something." I was like, "No, we'll we, we'll win pretty. I think pretty easily." But I did get worried. Uh, there at the end of the first half when we like went for it on a fourth and one didn't get it Louisville comes down and scores makes it 17 13 Uh, my heart was pounding at that point David did that make you nervous at all not really Uh, I felt like we we kind of had the game in hand it was it was kind of kind of made me think that the game was going to be a little bit closer toward the end I I didn't think it was going to be the blowout that it was I thought it was going to be maybe a seven point lead at the end of the game but no, I wasn't worried at all. That passing attack, though, man. I mean, we just killed it through the air, right? <laughs> <laughs> two, two, David, I was, I was listening to, uh, as I was editing the podcast for uh, the last time we did one of these, you estimated that, you know, sarcastically, maybe we would throw five passes in, in the game. And you were too high. It was two. I was, I was very high. It was over, over double the pass attempts. How many yards did we have passing? Like... I think we had like four. I have no it was, idea. It was very few. <laughs> but but Lynn Bowden was like 30 yards shy of what, between passing and rushing uh, equaling the entire Louisville team. Pretty pretty insane. Steven, though, does it, does it say more about our ability to run the ball or Louisville's lack of ability to play defense that we oh, ran – <laughs> we ran – Every single time. And we still – we put up 519 yards rushing. Bowden by himself had 286 yards, almost averaging 13 yards a carry. I mean, <laughs> it was uh, just an amazing thing to watch, I think. Well, it just proves that good old Bobby Petrino didn't, didn't recruit like they thought he was. <clears throat> they all thought he was the greatest thing ever. And outside of Lamar Jackson – they haven't really had a program for since Charlie Strong left. I think they're kind of starting to realize that it wasn't as good as it looked. There was a lot of fluff and circumstance. So I think it says more about Louisville. I mean, but I'll take it either way. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. 
I will say, though, I loved – I know it didn't work. I would have been a lot more happy if it did work. One of the two passes that we tried on that flea flicker in the fourth quarter when we were already up by, like, 30 points and, and we try a flea flicker, um, that, that, that just – that was a, a lot of fun to me. And really, you know, like some other guys have said, that was our way of showing mercy, right? Because we, when we oh, run – That was a shot at Louisville, and I was happy to take it. So. <laughs> I just wish it would have worked. I just wish it would have worked. Principle's still there either way. Yeah. Um, only other thing, so uh, Louisville fans were probably uh, crying about that, which makes sense because it was definitely a shot at them, like you said, Stephen. But they also were crying about uh, this whole L's down thing after the game. David, what a bunch of sissies. Like, what, what – you can't if, – if you can't take that kind of taunt, what, what are you doing cheering for a team and having something like a rivalry? I don't know. I feel like L's up and L's down are exactly the same. You know, like we we're not we're not the ones with coaches throwing middle fingers out at fans and stuff like that. And we don't even we don't even cry too much about that. But whenever we throw L's down after we completely demolish Louisville, you know, everyone's all upset about it. I feel like it's kind of something to do with people rallying behind Satterfield and he's whining about it. So everyone else wants to whine about it. But even still, I like it. I've got an L's down uh, sticker on my laptop. I do L's down. I mean, I was glad, I'm glad I was in Kentucky for the game because every little fan I saw after that was L's down. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I, I think the L's, the little L's up or whatever you want to call it is stupid. So <laughs> I think if we beat them, then yeah, you're going you're gonna to do it. It's just like the horns up. When they put their little Texas does their horns up, you beat them, they're going to get the horns down. It is what it is. So. I and, think it's stupid, but if they're going to do it, let's make fun of them for it. And, and there are times in rivalries where it can get too heated and, and, and people need to take a step back. But when it comes to that, like, <laughs> I just – I don't know why you're in a competitive sport if that's going to bother you so much that someone would take uh, your hand gesture that you do and just flip it upside down. Like, that, if that bothers you, you probably need a little bit thicker skin to be uh, playing NCAA Division One football. Yeah, well, that's going for you. Yeah, that'll happen. Uh, so that wraps up our uh, our season. Uh, we'll have a bowl game coming up. Uh, from a lot of people, they've said uh, most likely the the Gator Bowl or the Belk Bowl, right, uh, is is what I think that I've been hearing. I wish we were playing in the Music City Bowl because we'll all be relatively close to Nashville around uh, that time. But looking more likely, we might go back down to Jacksonville um, or or something else like that. Um, does it, does it matter if we win the bowl game? A lot of people talk about that. Like, is it, is it a big deal if we win or is it just getting to it? What are your guys' thoughts on that? Um, I don't uh, think, I think early. Go ahead, Dave. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't think it matters that much now. I mean, we're already, we're already recruiting unbelievably. Um, and it's looking like a lot of the people are committing earlier. So I feel like they're not they're, – the recruits aren't worried about the bowl game. So, I mean, I'd love to win. I'd love to stomp on whoever we come across. But if we don't win, it's really not a big deal. Um, I think I'm at the point where I think early on in Stoops' years it was just get to a bowl game. Now I think it does say something about winning a bowl game. I mean, it's not one of those – it's almost like a if you lose it doesn't kill you, but – Winning does help. I mean, 
evidence of last year beating Penn State. Just having saying you beat Penn State was big, kind of helped move on. So I, I think winning, depending on who you play, but um, definitely winning. I've seen some people say we may play Michigan, um, and if we get the tax player ball, which if you play Michigan down there, it'd be it'd be big to beat them just to beat a school named Michigan. Plus, we're recruiting against them on a lot of players, so it'd be good. And to have back-to-back years of, you know, household names of teams, like Penn State is, you know, football. Michigan is football. So, to, to have back-to-back well, just to beat wins, the crappy overrated Big Ten. Yeah, that as well. <laughs> but to beat them back-to-back <laughs> years would be, would be pretty sweet. And, and it's not like that this year, you know, obviously after last year's football um, season, a lot of people were saying, oh, it was just a fluke. You know, 10 wins for Kentucky. It's because they had Benny Snell. It's because they had Josh Allen. But then to do it this year, I'll be honest, guys, when uh, uh, Terry went down and then uh, Sawyer, after his uh, first game, uh, got hurt a little bit and was not doing very well, I really didn't think this – I thought the Lynn Bowden thing was going to be a failure um, terribly because I just figured there's no way that you can just run the ball and win. Because he, we, we really – I mean, that's all we did was we ran it, and then a couple of times we chucked it deep in each of the games. But what a magician Bowden is to be able to – I know it wasn't – we weren't playing top-tier teams whenever he got the wins that he got, but still some SEC teams to, to, to get us through the rest of the season with a winning record. Um, I just – I did not see that one coming. Yeah, I didn't really see them being as well as they've been doing. Like you said, I do think some of it is just playing some crappy teams at the end of the schedule and um, <clears throat> kind of being able to pull it off. But I'm definitely – I think it shows that the talent level for the team has definitely uh, gone way up that you can win without having an actual quarterback. So I'm really excited to see uh, Terry Wilson get back healthy next year and then going forward with either Bo Allen or this Joey Gatewood kid. I think I think the piece is there to make a, a nice big run. And um, I'll be honest with you, I think – it's one of those way too early's take your hot take shot or whatever you want to call it. But I think Georgia losing Fromm, Swift, and some of those players, I don't know who they got coming behind them. But hey, you got a chance to maybe dance for the SEC next year, depending on how you do. Which would be insane. Like, that's just absolutely insane that we could be in that position. But to have that Joey Gatewood guy like you were talking about. We were about, there last year. Yeah, yeah, I know. But it's still <laughs> we, – we were there – but we didn't put up much of a fight in that uh, game against yeah, Georgia. You're right. I guess if we could, I guess the more you get there, the easier it's going to be to break through uh, the wall. But that's really exciting to have Bo Allen and uh, Joey Gatewood coming down the pipe for the future. Because really, we've done, we've had all this success, David, without great quarterback play like we've had really good running backs you know obviously Lynn Bowden was awesome for us towards the end of the year but he wasn't really a quarterback he was running he was he was taking snaps but he just ran it all the time uh to to have and we know we've had highly recruited and highly rated quarterbacks that have come in before that haven't been what uh they were cut out to be but to have two top guys like that in the pipeline to have Terry back and I think that he he looked great at the beginning of the year I think he is going to uh, really do great next year has to be pretty exciting that we have that uh, depth for the future at quarterback. So if one of them doesn't work out, you know, the other one can kind of take a spot. Yeah, that was, that was one of the more frustrating things four or five years ago was uh, 
either we had a not-so-great quarterback who couldn't throw accurately at all or all of our receivers were just dropping things. But now we have a good combination of both that are both doing great. Um, so going into the future and even getting better recruits for our quarterback uh, is – I think it's really going to take a step up. I don't know how much we're going to use them because Stoops is is run heavy – but I mean, he he talks like he wants to he wants to pass the ball and have an equal offense, so that that'll really increase our chances of of beating these higher scoring teams because of the option to run or pass. Well, Stoops has said in the past couple of weeks that he is in favor of using the forward pass again at some point, so that's encouraging. You know that we might throw the ball after. Uh, this season where we didn't really do that. But you know what? If we're winning, who cares? <laughs> that's that's, that's <laughs> what it comes down to. Um, but I think that's all we got for the, the sports things. I do have one more question for you guys, just as a, a random one uh, for the podcast before we wrap up. Um, it's Christmas time. Thanksgiving is over. Moving into the, the Christmas season. And I want to know what, for each of you, is your favorite Christmas movie? Uh, you have to pick one. You can't just say you don't do Christmas. But what what is your favorite Christmas movie and why? First, I'll tell you what my least favorite Christmas movie is, and it's okay. Gremlins. My okay. wife made me watch Gremlins a couple weeks ago, and it's terrible. I hate it. I hate the whole movie. Uh, but I'd probably say The Grinch with Jim Carrey because – He's he's pretty awesome, and The Grinch is just a classic movie. I like the new one too, but I think I'm going to stick with The Grinch with Jim Carrey. Steven? Yeah, I don't really have one. You all know I'm not a big <laughs> holiday person, I guess, so I don't really have a favorite Christmas movie. It doesn't really tickle my fancy, I guess. Well, we'll we'll uh, have uh, the worst one is by far Elf for whatever that's worth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna tell you that the second because uh, the the Grinch was my favorite one. I was gonna have my second pick be Elf just because it proves that we are all related to Buddy the Elf because his dad's name. No, that's is the Ops. worst movie ever. So, but you're related, so you gotta you gotta be on with the no. the Elf. Grinch. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry that you hate that movie, Stephen. Um, you are a true Grinch, but we still love you, and that's okay. But that's all the time we got for this week. Um, Steven, David, it was a blast. It was. All right. Yeah, not too bad. (laughs) And to those of you listening, we'll catch you next time.